you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn to our gospel reading, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. That is where we'll be this morning. My aim this morning in this message is first that you would be filled with a well-grounded amazement at the absolute authority and sovereignty of Jesus Christ over this world, and know that He is an unstoppable triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. After all, this is Trinity Sunday. So know that we have an unstoppable God. We sing a song here. I believe that you just sang it last week. Bonnie is nodding her head. It's called Unstoppable God. And I love the lyrics of this song. I don't, you sing them. I don't know if you know what you're singing, but this is what you're singing. Unstoppable God, may your glory go on and on and on. Impossible things in your name they shall be done. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. I want you to sing and I want you to be amazed at the absolute authority of Christ and His sovereignty this morning in His Word Secondly, I not only want you to be amazed at our unstoppable God, but also His unstoppable mission. You need to know this morning that He is gathering His sheep from all the unreached people groups of the world, and that with you participating in this great enterprise, you might live expectantly, expectantly. This mission is about bringing an everlasting blessing to the people of your neighborhood, and not just your neighborhood, but Somerville, and not just Somerville, but the Charleston and greater metropolitan area, but not just Charleston, South Carolina, the United States, beyond the borders of the United States, places like Kenya. In places like that me and Tripp are going in the end of July, Honduras, we take the fame of Christ to all people groups and all nations. So two visions I want you to see this morning from God's Word. Here is vision number one to catch. It is a feeling of well-grounded amazement at the absolute authority and sovereignty of Christ over this world. Look at verse 18 in your Bible. All authority, right, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says, all authority. I take this to mean that Jesus has absolute authority and power over the mission of His church, and it cannot and it will not fail. Just to Embolden your courage in that. Let me give you a list of passages that will be helpful. Matthew 24, verses 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom, it will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Matthew 16, 18. I, what? 
will build my church. Not I, I may or I hope to, I, I will build it. And oh, by the way, even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. John 10, 16, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be, what, one flock and one shepherd. There's no hoping that this mission will succeed. You need to know that this morning. We're not rubbing our lucky rabbit's foot or rolling the dice on Sunday mornings. It's not like we're watching Avengers Endgame. For all you young people in the audience, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Highest gross movie, right? Avengers Endgame. We're not sitting there watching this movie, sitting on the edge of our seats, right, wondering, will the remaining Avengers defeat Thanos? It's not what we're doing. Will the good guys win? That's not the question this morning. No, it's, it's more like this. This would be the better analogy, I think. It's like Clemson playing USC in a game of football. <laughs> it's over before it starts. <laughs> There's no Hail Marys in this game, right? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Trip's mad at me now, so. <laughs> you need to know this morning, in all seriousness, this mission will not fail. Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 10, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, this is what God says this morning. My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish my purpose. It's over. He will build his church. This is an unstoppable mission, and notice that this mission will be accomplished in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, there, there's something purposeful. There's something meaningful to be said at the beckoning of the Trinity. And this morning, you might ask on Trinity Sunday, what exactly is the Trinity? How do we define it as Orthodox Christians? Well, the most elementary of definitions, and this is what I teach my youth, it is this, one God in three persons. One God in three persons. Sometimes it's thought that Christianity teaches this absurd notion that one plus one plus one equals one. And that's clearly a false equation. The term Trinity describes a relationship not of three gods, but of one God who is three persons. The word Trinity is used in an effort to define the fullness of the Godhead, both in terms of His unity and his diversity. And you need to know this morning that this has immense implications for how Christians live, for how you live, and for how I live, especially all of you here, because you're, you're Anglican, and you have a sacramental theology. 
Sacraments are a real means of grace that convey the promises of God in what? The name of God. You saw this last week, didn't you? Tripp was in here and you saw this. You saw this take place. You saw it unfold. I baptize you. I administer this means of grace over you that conveys a promise of God. And I do this God-ordained action in the name of our triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we see here in this passage an amazement. Let us be filled with an amazement, the absolute authority and sovereignty over Jesus Christ, over this world as We fulfill this mission in the name of our triune God. Vision number two, notice that he not only is an unstoppable God, but he gives us an unstoppable mission. We know that it will succeed, but what is the mission? What is it that we participate in? Well, notice there are three parts to this mission, namely, verses 19 through 20, you see it there, go, therefore, and what? Make disciples. So, There it is, right, of all nations. And not only do we make disciples, but we baptize disciples. And not only do we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but what else do we do? We teach them. And we're not just teaching science and geography or math or arithmetic. We are teaching them what? All that Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. That's what I do with young people. I love it that they're learning things in school, but something that's far greater for them to learn is a great God who has an unstoppable mission. All that I have commanded you, Christianity is a missionary faith. And we aim to make disciples in every group, every people group, and build the church among every people. We do not spread our faith by war or by violence, but by the proclamation of great news. And we do this in the demonstration of what? Love. We love people. We love people. We don't lamb blast them for not believing what we believe. We love them to the cross. We make disciples with truth and prayer and love and sacrifice, not with swords or bullets or bombs. It's not what we're about. Jesus said it best in Luke 10, 3, go, I send you out as lambs in the midst of what? Wolves. (laughs) That's the idea. You are a lamb in the midst of wolves, loving wolves. Isn't it absurd? Lambs loving wolves. That's what we're about. And we go with this life-changing proclamation to VBS that will happen in July, right? To all these young children that will be standing in front of this stage. We take this good news to them. We go with this proclamation to places like Honduras, We go with this proclamation to the marketplaces of life. Think about where you're going tomorrow. Where are you going tomorrow? Most of you will wake up and 
You'll go to your job. Teacher, doctor, mechanic, lawyer, business owner. You take it to your coworkers, you take it to your employees. You may be a stay-at-home mom. You, your mission field is what? Your children. Take it to your children. You may take it to your husband. The idea is, Lord, where do you have me now? I go with this great commission. And here's the applicational question. Here's the applicational question. What do these two visions unleash in the lives of those who really believe this? Right? What will happen to St. Paul's parish if we actually believe that we have an unstoppable God with an unstoppable mission? I think it's this. It will unleash a life of expectancy. We serve an unstoppable God with an unstoppable mission. Therefore, I am expectant that He is going to send workers and save sinners. Amen? I don't just come in here on Sunday morning thinking, I sure hope God shows up so that I can be changed. That's not my vision. I come expectant that he's going to change lives and work in hearts and give you thoughts that are above your thoughts. There is a great Old Testament saint that I think illustrates what it's like to live a life of expectancy. If you remember Elijah, Elijah was the Tishbite from Tishba. I don't know if, just a little Bible trivia, sorry. Tishbite from Tishba, he announces to King Ahab, do you remember the announcement to King Ahab? There will be neither rain nor dew on the earth until the Lord says so. End of announcement, period, right? Exclamation point, exit Elijah, bring on the drought. And as he promised, as God promised, there was a drought, but then God sends back word to Elijah, I want you to go back to King Ahab, and I want you to send this message, I will send rain on the face of the earth. So what's Elijah do? I love this man. He goes to Mount Carmel, and he goes up to pray on Mount Carmel, and he says, the word says, he crouched down on the earth and he put his face between his legs, between his knees, and God spoke to him on Mount Carmel, and he said, go up now, look toward the sea, right? And you remember this story. There's, he's praying, and God said, go look toward the sea, and I want you to do this seven times, right? So it's like this little game that God's playing with him. Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Do you believe me? And he goes back seven times, and on the seventh time, it came about That Elijah said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. All Elijah had to go on was a tiny cloud in the midst of a vast expanse of sea and sky. But it was enough. God said to him, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot to go down 
so that the heavy shower does not stop you. And Elijah sees a tiny cloud coming and says, in effect, to Ahab, put the rain tires on the chariot because rain's a coming. Listen to me, the human eye, the human eye only saw a tiny cloud, but the eye of faith saw the promise of God. And the context ends with these words, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, heavy rain came on Ahab as he rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. So now you have to imagine the scene. Here you have Ahab riding along in his chariot, racing across the land. He's trying to beat this this oncoming storm. And here comes Elijah, running like mad behind him, gaining on him, passing him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the thoughts that must have been running through King Ahab's mind about this prophet of God who was sprinting alongside his chariot in the rain? At the very least, he must have thought this man is absolutely bizarre, strange, weird. But Elijah wasn't weird. He was living expectantly. And if that's weird, I want to be weird. It's not easy to be in Elijah's league, is it? It's not easy, but it's also not impossible. All of us, spiritually or metaphorically, can outrun chariots. We can shock the Ahabs that are bogged down in the mud of monotony and mediocrity held back from the fun of running with God through the downpour of His blessings. You need to know this morning that the message is this. It's possible. It's possible because you and I serve an unstoppable God with an unstoppable mission. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for putting a fire in our heart, in our mind, as we depart this hall, this door hall, this place where we worship you. I pray that you've given us the work to do, and now may we do it, not just with obedience, but with delight, because we love you. And we want to serve you for your glory and your honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. All God's people said, amen, amen.